Hey there, and welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. Trying to improve our health and wellness with ADHD can feel like an uphill battle. Neurotypical advice tends to be complicated, rigid, and quite honestly, kind of boring. Us ADHDers thrive off of fun and need to be supported by people who just get us and the way our brain works. And most importantly, we need to feel encouraged and inspired instead of shamed. No falling off of any hypothetical wagons here. I'm Chelsea Eithoven and I'm a health and mindset coach who was diagnosed with ADHD at age 30. Stick around and together we can explore, learn, and play our way to a more vibrant lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to Vibrancy with ADHD. This is episode 12, and this one is going to be the first of a five-part series, okay? I'm so excited about this. I have been working so hard on the habit edit to try to get it out as soon as possible for the more than 160 people on the wait list. Holy freaking cow. I'm so excited for each and every one of you 160 women that are on the wait list. Literally so thrilled. But if you haven't been listening in, then really quickly, the Habit Edit is the health and mindset coaching membership for women with ADHD that I am in the process of creating. It's a combination of coaching and community to help women with ADHD feel fully supported and guided through the journey of creating and or improving their health promoting habits. So all that to say, I've been really deep diving on that to make sure I can get the program out there as soon as possible so that people can start working through the curriculum and get started on their journey. And But I've also been trying to focus on quality. So (laughs) we're not going to do a hyper-focus of the week because that has been my hyper-focus. I've literally been all in on this. And that means that I haven't had as much time to kind of dedicate to other things like this podcast, creating content for other platforms, etc. So also, I have a little secret that I'm keeping that's been eating up a lot of my time as well. And I'll be sharing that one soon, as soon as I can, because it's something I kind of have to wait for. And by the way, I am not pregnant because I know that is what literally all of you are thinking. Anytime I've ever said something about like, I've got a little secret or there's something I'm not telling you, everyone thinks I'm pregnant. Okay, I'm not pregnant. So (laughs) there's that. And also, if I am pregnant in the future, I'm probably not going to like preface it with anything like that and say any kind of like sneaky thing to make you think it, you know. But anyways, so anyways, I've been trying to... I've had that going on to this other secret thing, but I've been trying to figure out how to balance it all, right? As I'm working on this membership and this other new venture, I want to continue the podcast because I know so many of you are really enjoying it and finding a lot of value because you guys are messaging on Instagram and telling me, and I appreciate that so much. But I didn't want to stop the podcast as as I was continuing creating this project and diving really deep. But I realized that a way that I could kind of have time to do it is that I could kind of sort of combine the two, right? So as I've been creating the curriculum for the membership, the Habit Edit, 
I was thinking that a lot of this information would be really beneficial and valuable to you regardless of whether or not you join the program, right? Particularly the five pillars of success inside the Habit Edit. So the five pillars of success are, they're kind of the main concepts that are weaved throughout the whole membership. They're the real backbone of the curriculum and the coaching inside the program, right? They're weaved through every lesson, every coaching session, just the whole membership. These five pillars are what everything is basically based off of. And they're just these like big picture concepts that are concept that will help you create your new habits and and concepts that for me have been the major keys to success when it comes to changing my habits. And I think they're major keys to success to changing most ADHD or health habits, right? And those five things are those five pillars of success inside the habit edit are structure, self-compassion, joy, community, and individuality. Okay. And if you listen to the podcast about the two keys to growth for ADHDers, you know why structure and self-compassion are so important. We did deep dive on those two things, but there's always more to say, right? And there's those other three sections that we haven't talked about at all, but I wanted to do a series where I dive into each of these and talk about why they're important and how you can implement them in your life if you're working to up-level your health and wellness or honestly, any other part of your life too. So, and if you're on the wait list for the habit edit, this will also be kind of like a little, just a tiny sneak piece of what you'll be learning and implementing. More specifically, these concepts are inside the mindset makeover portion of the habit edit. So we are, there's a whole section at the beginning that helps you shift your mindset from day one to make changes easier to happen. And learning about these five different concepts is part of the mindset makeover. So I'm so excited about this. Today, we're going to be talking about structure and more specifically how structure can replace discipline. Now, the old mindset when it comes to changing health and wellness habits revolves around five kind of different pillars than the pillars that I just shared with you, right? And this is just honestly something that I've come up with with my experience with diets, with what I've kind of just what I've gathered in my own personal experience and what I've noticed a lot of other people feel has to come with a health program as well. And like those things are discipline, willpower, sacrifice, guilt, and isolation, right? It's really just a freaking bummer a lot of the time, right? When we're starting a new diet or a new nutrition plan or a new exercise plan, we think that it's going to have to come with all of these things. Lots of discipline, sacrifice. If we don't do it just right, we're going to feel guilt, right? And and it takes a lot of willpower. And when it comes to isolation, that one might throw you a little bit, but hear me out. Isolation is usually a part of this story because we tend to think, well, I can't go to that party because I'll be tempted to eat the cake, right? Or you create this rigid gym routine, right? You tell yourself you're going to the gym six days a week, no matter what. And then a dear friend that you haven't seen in years is in town and you are like, she only can see you in the time that you normally go to the gym. And so you say no to hanging out with her because you made this promise to yourself, right? It sounds logical, right? You're like, no, but I made that promise to myself. But like that is being 
unnecessarily rigid and and really creating isolation instead of focusing on community and knowing that community is an overall part, an important part of overall health too, right? We isolate because it either interferes with our plans, our very rigid plans, and we can't change those, or because we don't want temptation, right? We don't want to go out to eat. We don't want to go to the barbecue because we'll be tempted, right? So those five concepts are replaced with the pillars of success of the habit edit. And they are the biggest contributions to both my personal shifts in health and what I've seen work for my clients with ADHD, right? And these are, again, bigger picture changes. It's not like, oh, this habit, this habit, this habit. It's like the bigger picture of things, the big concepts that made a difference, right? And I don't know about you, but I have spent many, many years trying to guilt and force myself into better habits and a quote unquote better body that I felt more confident in to no avail, right? Maybe it would work for a little bit, but it never worked long term until I started looking at it through a different lens and you know, using some of these concepts that we're going to be talking about. So today we're just going to zoom in on one of them. We're going to do an episode for each. And today we're going to talk about structure and how structure can replace discipline when we're strategic about it. And I'm also going to share with you many structures that I've implemented in my life that have replaced discipline. And these have really shifted my life in so many ways. And when I really embraced this concept, I looked at every area of my life that I thought I needed discipline, and I found that there was a structure I could use instead that helped me not really need discipline because it's no longer required in a lot of areas that I thought it was. So even if it's not explicitly said, a big theme of many programs that when it comes to nutrition is having the discipline to deny yourself the things you love. That way you'll get results right? Like how many times have you heard a fitness instructor or like some random Instagram person who's lost weight, right? Tell you to quote unquote, be more disciplined, or they did it by quote unquote, having discipline or saying things like you gotta want it, right? Or some other stupid phrase that honestly triggers my gag reflexes, right? Probably too many times. Or if you haven't, then like go you, you are not following people like that on Instagram. I follow a lot of people like that on Instagram, I think. Well, Not anymore, but you know what I'm saying. The piece of crucial information, though, that they are missing is the knowledge of the human brain and even more detailed, the the ADHD brain, right? Just saying you need more discipline. It's not actually helpful to say that, right? Because discipline is, it's an abstract concept, number one. Number two, it's different for everybody. And discipline, like, it it just doesn't make sense, right? It's just like a, a fluff phrase to me. So... But when it comes to the human brain, discipline is a function of self-control, right? You could almost like interchange those two. Self-control is a character trait of executive functioning. Executive functioning of the brain is the job of the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain essentially behind your forehead. Now, the ADHD brain has structural differences in our prefrontal cortex, which I'm not going to get into what the structural differences are because they don't really matter for the sake of this conversation. But there are structural differences between the prefrontal cortex and also the our neurotransmitters and the way that our brain 
communicates, right? So the way our brain communicates with different parts of the brain, these things are some of the things that are different in the ADHD brain versus a neurotypical brain. And so these structural differences and differences in neurobiology mean that we are not able to rely on our prefrontal cortex as much as other folks are. So And it doesn't function in the same way into the same capacity as people who don't have ADHD. So this means that discipline is actually not as possible for us, right? And let me be clear, it's not, that doesn't mean it's impossible. And that doesn't mean that you can't have discipline if you have ADHD. That is not what I'm saying. We can be very, very disciplined and very, very like, dedicated under the right circumstances. But we can't just whip out our discipline whenever we feel like it, like it's an item we have in our purse. Again, it has to be very specific circumstances, and it's not really a reliable thing that we can rely on to pull out as a tool, right? And to be fair, again, not all neurotypical people can do this either. But It is an added barrier for those of us with ADHD. And this is one reason I think, in my opinion, that common health and fitness advice is so annoying to us because we don't get it, right? Like quite literally, our brain doesn't function in that way. So we're trying to function in that way as hard as we can, but we're like, it's not working for me. And I don't understand what do they mean when they say just have more discipline, right? It just doesn't make sense to our brains because our brains don't work that way, right? (laughs) But Luckily, contrary to popular belief, discipline isn't as necessary as we think it is, or at least it doesn't have to be. We can virtually replace discipline with structure and structural changes such as systems, environmental changes, all kinds of things, right? So the definition of structure is construct or arranged according to plan or to give pattern or organization to. So when I say structure, I'm basically, what I mean is just putting in structures and concepts and kind of a pattern or an organization in our lives, making small tweaks to help us choose what we want most versus what we want in the moment. And when we put in those those little tweaks and make those little tweaks, it makes it easier for us to do that. So instead of just disciplining ourselves, we've made it easier and, and therefore we're more likely to make the choice for what we want most. So the key to nailing this concept is kind of thinking, what areas of my life am I trying to discipline myself into better behavior or guilt myself into better behavior, whatever it is? And what changes to the structures that I have in place can I use to make it so that less discipline is needed, right? So like, for example, some areas that I was trying to discipline myself into better behavior, right? Oh my gosh, so many like flossing, working, eating, just all the things, pretty much all the things, right? I was trying to just like have more discipline and be better so that I could make those changes, right? Now, I think this is one of those concepts that you actually have to see in action to understand. So I'm going to give you some of these examples from my real life, right? And these may be some things that you struggle with too. So there's going to be some health and wellness related examples that have worked for me, structures that have worked for me, and there's me some non-health and wellness related examples, okay? I just wanted to give you a bunch of different ways and just examples of 
structures that I've put in my life that have made discipline less necessary, okay? So I hope you get lots of value from these examples as it's literally taken me years of playing with different structures to find the right ones for me, right? And it might be that way for you too. I want to preface this by saying, number one, it's super individual what works for us, right? Every system that works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. It might, right? You might get a great idea from hearing these and be like, oh my gosh, I love that. I'm going to try that. And you implement it and it works perfectly. But some of you might hear some of these and think the same thing and try it and you implement it and it just doesn't work for you. It doesn't it, it, it doesn't work for your particular circumstance, right? So I just want you to know it's very individual finding that right structure for you. And also it takes experimentation and time to find the correct ones that work for us. I've played with lots of different structures to find these ones that work. And even a couple of these are still, or I think just one of them, I'm still working on and it's like, it's not solidified yet. It's just, it's in the making. I don't know if this is gonna be the forever structure that's gonna work for me. You know, you'll see what I mean. Anyways, let's dive into the examples because the this is where I think you'll really understand this concept and see it in action, Okay. Oh, and before I do that, one more thing. This is just a random thought I have. A lot of us with ADHD, we kind of rebel against structure, (laughs) myself included. I'm talking to me. Hello. I always was like, no, I don't want structure. I I want freedom, right? But I want you to think about this in a little bit of a different way, okay? Because number one, structure can actually provide freedom, right? Number two, it's the structures that we're putting in place we don't have to do perfectly. We don't have to do every day. We don't, it, we're not going to be a robot because of these structures. It's just going to help us be a little bit more consistent in the things that we want to do consistently and we're not able to. So our brains aren't naturally structured. So by adding in a little bit structure in our outer life, like our actual life, it helps us compensate for that lack of structure that is in our brain if that makes sense. So I resisted it for a long time, but just know that like once you get bored with it, you can try a new structure or, you know, you don't have to be perfect with it. So it's not, structure isn't as scary as it sounds. And although it sounds like this thing that then we're locked into forever, it's not really, it doesn't have to be that intense, you know, like for us ADHDers, thinking about it in a more casual and less committal way can help us actually just get it started, right? (laughs) Okay. All right, a few areas that structure has helped me eliminate the need for discipline. Number one, flossing. Now, I've talked about this example so many times on different platforms, but it's just so relevant here. I have to talk about it one more time, okay? I thought I needed just more discipline to stand at my sink and floss each night after I brushed my teeth, right? Instead, I changed the structure. Instead of having my floss at the sink, I put the floss right by my couch in a bucket. It has its own little tiny container with books. And uh, like in that the big bucket, I've got books and the remote and other stuff like that. But instead of trying to floss at the sink at the end of the day when I'm already exhausted and literally ready to crawl into bed, I... When we're after, when we finish dinner and we sit on the couch to watch a TV show or read books, I floss my teeth then. And it has eliminated the need for discipline. So that's one. Number two area that I I thought I needed more discipline in was getting upstairs and getting to work. So 
since I started working for myself and started working from home, which all happened at the same time, the beginning of 2020, and then three months later, the pandemic happened and everybody was starting to work from home. But anyways, when I started this, I had massive trouble disciplining myself to get to work. So our house is laid out like everything is downstairs except for my office is upstairs. I'm so lucky in this house that I have my own little office. I love it so much. But for a literal year, right, uh, until like probably the beginning of 2021 is when I created this new structure for myself. So for a year, my like kind of habit, my pattern was to drink my coffee on the couch while reading a book, meditating, journaling, scrolling, whatever I felt like doing it, right? I called it my me time or like sort of like a morning routine, right? And while it was really nice and I love a morning routine situation, it was not serving me because I didn't have the discipline to keep it to a reasonable time frame and actually get my booty upstairs and start working, right? And I just kept thinking for a full year, I just need more discipline. Come on, Chelsea, come on, just have more discipline tomorrow morning, get upstairs by 8 a.m. or whatever my plan was. So sometimes, like, it just wasn't working. Sometimes I would literally not get upstairs until after I ate lunch or legit just not go up there at all, like get lost in some other random project and like, or leave, whatever. I just, I wasn't getting as much work done as I needed to get done. So instead of continuing to try to use discipline, I changed my strategy to structure. And like first, again, I had to ask, okay, what's that area that I need, that I feel like I need more discipline? It was getting to work. And then I kind of had to analyze what is my current structure, my, right? My current structure was sitting down on the couch and, and then going upstairs. That was the structure I was trying to implement, but it wasn't working. So I tried to figure out what about it, what, what about that made it so hard, right? And like, I kind of realized the couch was the issue, right? The couch is a place of, for me, like, relaxation and like, and my own time. And I don't really have to think about my other responsibilities when I'm sitting on the couch. That's where we sit at the end of the day to like wind down and just like relax. Right. And it was nice at the beginning of the day, but sitting on that couch, it made it really hard for me to transition from that kind of mindset and mode of like doing what I want to do to disciplining myself to get upstairs. Right. And, and, and work on things that Yes, in the big picture, I do want to do, but in the moment, my toddler brain does not want to do, does not want to do my work, (laughs) right? It's like a kid not wanting to do their schoolwork. So I tried to think, and I was like, you know what? What if I change the structure and instead of sitting on the couch, I go straight upstairs and sit at my desk? So obviously not exactly like literally get straight out of bed. I brush I get out of bed and brush my teeth. I make my water and my coffee. And then I go upstairs to my office and sit at my desk. I don't sit anywhere but my desk. The second my feet hits the ground from the bed, I do those couple things that that I do in the morning and I go straight upstairs. My rule is, right, I bring my water and my coffee up here and I tell myself, you know, When I get upstairs, if I don't feel like working, I can still scroll my phone or read a book or whatever I want to once I'm up there, right? That's what I tell myself. And that's true. If that's what I wanted to do when I got up here, that's what I would do. But honestly, 
just being up here gives me the inspiration to start. And I don't know what it is sitting at my desk puts me in that mode that I want to open my computer and I want to look at my calendar for the day. And then before I know it, I've just, I've just started and getting started is the hardest part, right? But just changing that one structure has made it that no discipline is really required to get started on work. Just that one structure, just changing where I sat, right? Kind of crazy to me. I didn't think it would work as well as it did because like I said, sometimes we have to experiment with different things, but it's worked so well. And I will be honest, there is the tiniest bit of discipline some days, right? For example, today, I, you know, today I didn't really want to come upstairs right away. I looked at the couch and I was like, I don't really feel like working right this second. My brain's not ready, right? You know, and I I kind of, when I started to unpack that, the reason I do that, that kind of procrastination is because I haven't looked at my planner yet. I haven't looked at my computer yet. So I don't know what's on the docket for today. I don't know what all you know, there is to do or what logically I could get done today. So I'm just thinking of all the things I have to get done in general. And that's super overwhelming, right? But if I just go, so like that thought kind of would cause me to get stuck on the couch. But I said, well, I'll just go upstairs. And so I I went upstairs and I looked at my planner and I got excited about a few things, a couple of the things that I had to do. So there was the tiniest bit of discipline required in that moment when I was like, oh, I don't know if I, re- I don't really feel like working today. But again, I said I could go upstairs. And once I got here, I was ready to work. It's so funny to me, you know, and it's like, I used to think I just needed more discipline. I just needed to change one tiny thing that is so crazy to me. Okay. Another area that I thought I used to need discipline in was exercise, right? Oh my gosh. I needed so much discipline to get to the gym because I freaking hated it. Okay. And that's because I would only go on the elliptical, but that's a story for another time. So the structure shift I made was that I signed up for class pass. And now, and like when I have class pass, I can choose classes that I was getting really excited about. And from a bunch of different studios, there was all this variety, right? Like a bar bounce class on a little mini trampoline, hot yoga classes, Pilates classes, hit workout classes, bar, all these things, right? And all these cute little studios and the accountability of already having signed up for the class and paid for it, plus like the ease of being able to choose classes, plus the excitement of the new fun things, all of that kind of eliminated the need for discipline for me. It was now something I was excited about versus something I needed to discipline and force myself into doing when I was just going to the gym and getting a getting on the elliptical for what I would try to do for an hour. But I will say with this, this is just one of the structure shifts I've made in this area though. So I want you to listen to, if this is an area you really struggle with, go back a few episodes and listen to the Q&A podcast about consistent exercise. And we talk about lots of different structure shifts and mindset shifts and things like that to start consistently exercising if that's something you're interested in. Because that is something that's been shifting over years, but ClassPass was one way that I made an extra structure shift and has helped a ton. Okay, another area I always tried to discipline myself into better behavior is dealing with my paper clutter. This is kind of a random one, right? Maybe not when you th- what you think of when you think of discipline, but it is for me, right? So 
I'm trying a new system in this area. And this is the system that's kind of TBD. We'll see if it works the way I'm hoping it will. But anyways, I always just thought I needed more discipline to handle that paper clutter, aka like mail that comes in, receipts for things that I might want to return, dentist bills, baby shower invites that have the registry information, etc., etc. All these papers that we end up collecting, right? And when we moved into this house in January 2020, I was like, okay, we're going to try a new system for this, right? And the, the system that we tried was having a basket in our kitchen for the papers, right? And like, okay, this is a place that the papers go because before that, they were all just all over our counter and it drove me nuts. I hate piles on the counter. I know that's like different from a lot of people with ADHD, but I'm like a psycho about it. But I have my own piles that end up places, but anywho, like the stairs, but for some reason, things on the counter drive me crazy. I don't know. Um, I can be a hypocrite sometimes, but anyways, it was all over the counter and it was like, it was, the system wasn't working the way that I thought it would. Just having a basket wasn't enough to be able to manage the paper clutter, right? And sometimes, again, you don't need to just try harder. You just have to tweak the system you have and try different. So the new system that we're trying is this. As soon as a piece of mail comes into the house, it gets sorted, okay? Three categories of sorting. Trash, memories, schedule, okay? And I put a little sticky note in that paper basket that says trash, memory, schedule. Obviously, trash is the useless stuff like catalogs or a card from like, I don't know, a credit card invite that you're never going to, you're never going to get that credit card, whatever. That stuff goes straight into the trash, right? Then other things like Christmas cards or whatever that we want to keep, we don't necessarily want to throw it away, but we don't, we don't put it into that paper bin on the counter. We take it directly to wherever we keep our memory items, right? So any kind of mail that you want to keep. So you've got so so far we've got the trash, the memories, right? It doesn't go into that bucket if it's just like a memory item. It goes directly into a place where you keep memories. And if you don't already have something like that, get just a bucket. It could be a cardboard box and any item that you have that you are keeping, not because you use it, but because it like reminds you of something or it has some sort of special sentimental meaning, you can keep it in that box, right? So you still have it. You're not throwing it away, but it's not just like scattered all throughout the house, right? So that's the memory section. As soon as it comes in, it goes to the memory section, right? And then any kind of mail where you need to remember something, that would be in the schedule pile and you'll schedule it. I have learned this the hard way that you will not remember if it's in the bin with a bunch of other papers. If it's just in the bucket and you're like, I'm going to put it here so I remember. You're not going to remember. Let me tell you how many things that I thought I would remember as I was cleaning out this bucket last week that I did not remember at all, okay? Like there was, this is so embarrassing, but instead of doing Christmas cards, we do 4th of July cards. My husband has been doing that for like ever. Like he did it when he was a single man with just pictures of his him and his dog, which is so cute, isn't that? But anyways, I said, we're going to keep that tradition. We're not going to do Christmas cards. When we have a family and all that, we're doing 4th of July cards because I really like that tradition. And personally, I think it's because my husband loves attention. And so he gets to be on the fridge for like six months while other Christmas cards are only on the fridge, you know, with all the other Christmas cards. But anyways, so 
in the bucket, I found, we, we decided last year that, uh, and this was before I knew I had ADHD, so this is such an ADHD moment, but we decided we would split the duties of labeling the car, the the cards to go out. So like writing people's names and addresses, putting the stamps on it, yada, yada. I found the half, the stack of half of the cards that I was supposed to find the addresses, put them on and send them out in that bucket. Mind you, right now it is June of 2021. I was supposed to do that task in June of 2020. (laughs) 12 months later, I'm finding this that I was like, oh, I'll put it here and I'll remember to do it. No, the heck I won't. And no, the heck you won't either. Don't expect yourself to remember it. But here's what you can do, right? You, you, anything like that, that has like a, a due date attached to it. So bills with due dates, something like that, a a father's day, a mother's day card, baby showers that you need to buy a gift for things like that. My referral to get my wisdom teeth removed for my dentist. Eek. Ooh, I have to do that soon. But anyways, you open the mail and as soon as you see it, you put the to-do of whatever it is in your calendar for a time that like it needs to be done by or that you need to start it or even both would be better, right? So for example, those for a baby shower, right, you can put the date that you need to buy and send the gift by in your calendar. So whether that's your paper planner or your use Google Calendar, whatever you use that you look at all the time which if you don't have a calendar that you're you're using consistently in one place you're keeping dates, that's also a really helpful tip and structure that could be helpful. But you're going to put that date in your calendar right away, right away. And then, so this we were using the baby shower example. So I would put it in my, my thing, buy baby shower gift for so-and-so, okay? And then I can put the mail, I put that piece, uh, that, that card into that mail bucket, to stay there, knowing I won't forget about it because it's in my calendar. And also I have the card now to reference where they're registered, their address, all that stuff. And when the reminder pops up on my calendar to buy the gift, I can reference the card in the bin, right, to send the gift. And then I can either toss the invite or I can put it in my memories box if I want to keep it, whatever your preference is for that. This is like a logical system that it doesn't take discipline anymore. Because even if I don't do this every day, and let me tell you something, I don't do it every day, I can do it once a week and still stay top of the, on top of that paper clutter, right? That once a week, grab all those papers out of the bin and sort them into those categories, and that's it, right? So again, categories are trash, memories, schedule. So as soon as we come in from the mailbox, we put it in that bucket, and then it needs to get sorted, right? Or you could do before it even goes into the bucket, it needs to get sorted. So we're TBD to see if this system is going to work for us in our household. But if it doesn't, I know I can analyze why it didn't work and edit it to fit my needs better later. That was a long one because it's a little bit more of a complex system. Okay. All right. Cravings. Cravings. This was an area I thought I needed so much more discipline to just work through my cravings, right? Didn't need more discipline, but a couple strategies and structures have helped me really eliminate the need of discipline in this area in my life. And this is one that took a long time to find the right thing for me to understand a lot of complex concepts. But the systems and strategies and structures I use for this is number one, balancing my blood sugar with balanced meals, and number two, utilizing an urge jar. 
And I don't always utilize the urge jar, but when I notice it being a big struggle, I'll bring it back out and that'll be the, the structure I will rely on. So if you experience lots of cravings, in particular sugar or carbohydrates, it could be a few different things. So I'm not saying that these solutions are one size fits all. When it comes to that, There are lots of different reasons, and so these solutions might not work for you if this isn't the root of the issue, right? Some of these roots I went over in the ADHD and overeating episode and also in a series on my TikTok. But one of these things could be one of the reasons you might be experiencing this is uncontrolled blood sugar, and that was one that was very prevalent for me. So by balancing my blood sugar, I automatically had less cravings. That was a system that created less of a need to rely on discipline, right? Because my body was functioning the way it should and my blood sugar wasn't out of control. And then another system or structure that I used was the urge jar. So I kind of gamified beating my cravings by making it fun instead of discipline-based to change that habit. And if you want to know more about the urge jar, you can listen to the episode by Brooke Castillo in the show notes to learn how to use an urge jar and what the heck it is. I linked it in the show notes and it is so much fun. And a lot of my clients love this strategy as well. But also I want to give a little PS that these are things I used to manage my cravings before I even knew I had ADHD, which to me is pretty impressive because overeating is really prevalent with ADHD. So I was able to make these changes before I was on medication, before I understood the root, all of that. So they they did work for me and brought me to a point where I felt a lot better about cravings, which was awesome. And kind of going hand in hand with that, another thing I thought I needed discipline with was my uncontrollable sweet tooth. Particularly with sweets, I had a really difficult relationship with them. I would restrict them and then I would binge. Um, And I could not discipline my way out of this cycle no matter how hard I tried, right? So besides balancing blood sugar and using the urge jar, I needed an extra structure for when it came to sugar. So the extra structure I put in was that I practiced eating sugar and sweets in smaller amounts every day, but making sure I was doing it every day. So the structure was I would eat half of a palm-sized portion of a sweet treat two times a day. So like for me, that's like two Oreos or half of a normal serving of brownie, something like that. So I'd have a serving like that two times a day. This structure and system allowed me to learn the skill of moderation, right? It didn't require a whole lot of discipline um, or willpower because I knew I was getting to have more sweets later in the day. And I knew I was getting to have more sweets again the next day, right? It helped me over time learn the skill of moderation. And now I don't need willpower to just eat a few bites of sweets and stop there. I'm like fully satisfied with that, which to me is mind-blowing because that was never the case before, but I kept that structure in place for a long time while it was serving me, right? And it was serving me for a very long time. And now I've got a, a really healthy relationship with sugar and I have like maybe one sweet treat a day, but it varies. I, I know I can trust my body when it varies, right? Sometimes I have more than that. Sometimes I don't have a sweet treat for a few days, but for the most part, I have like a little dessert or sweet treat after dinner most days. Okay, another structure that I thought I needed more discipline for, drinking more water. And I'm going to quickly go over these, but a few systems I put into place to drink more water, a few things have helped, okay? Number one, I thought I just had to have more discipline and chug plain water. 
You don't have to do that. You can make it more enjoyable, okay? So I bought crystal light packets and or Mio. I bought sparkling water and PS, artificial sweeteners. While like the studies that say that they have a negative impact, we have to look at those a little bit more in depth, okay? Because in small amounts, it's not going to make a difference. And in fact, I saw something that was talking about the amount of aspartame, which is the artificial sweetener in diet sodas that you would need to consume to to have negative side effects would be 19 diet sodas a day, 19. So unless you are drinking 19 drinks with artificial sweeteners a day, it's not going to be a big deal, right? I say this all the time, but it's not the poison, it's the dose. So some of you are like, crystal light? Oh my gosh, that's an artificial sweetener. I thought this was a health podcast, right? Make informed decisions, right? And again, it's it's up to you. So whatever feels good to you. But to me, that was a system that helped me need less discipline to drink more water. And I know that I'm not drinking that much, I'm not drinking 19 a day. So it's not that big of a deal, right? Can you imagine how much you would be peeing to drink 19 drinks a day? Anyways, so those are two systems. And another system is pre-filling my water bottles at the beginning of the day and putting them in the fridge. Because as silly as it sounds, even just having to hold my cup to the thing to pour my water deters me from getting more water, which is so silly. But anyways... Okay, and I had one more that I was going to share. Okay, I was about to not share it because this is getting long, but I'll share it really quickly. The last thing I needed discipline for, or I thought I needed discipline for, was to release a weekly podcast, okay? I really wanted to make sure I was consistent with this podcast, but I didn't have faith in myself that I would do it. I was scared I wouldn't have the discipline to write and record one podcast a week. So what I did, the structure I put in place so that I didn't just need pure discipline, was to hire a podcast editor. What that did for me was it replaced discipline with motivation, right? I felt a drive all of a sudden to do this and write and record one a week. The reason that I now felt this drive to do it was because I'm paying for four podcasts to be edited a month. And regardless of whether or not I make those podcasts, I am paying for them, right? So if I make three podcasts a month, I'm still paying for four because that's how me and my wonderful podcast editor, shout out to Paroma, she's the best. That is how we have kind of set it up, right? So this structure means that I don't need discipline. I am motivated to create podcasts, right? And I did this for a reason, right? I set this system up because I knew it would help me follow through with this promise to myself. This works for me so well. And obviously that's not the only reason I hired her, but that was my motivation for getting a podcast editor in the first place was that, that I knew that would help me. So because of that, another structure that I put in place, I also systematize it so that I try to make sure I'm at least two weeks ahead of my podcast for the most part. So because my system is that I'm always ahead, if I do have a week where I'm deathly sick or I just like mentally cannot do it or I don't have the time or whatever it is, I'm ahead and I have a little bit of leeway. And that kind of takes the pressure off and it helps me actually do it from a place of enjoyment and not 
force. I feel like I, this is a heavy episode, not heavy, but long, right? We're already at 44 minutes. So I'm going to wrap it up here. But as you can see, structure is a pretty loose term, right? Structure can come in so many different forms. It could be creating a system, changing your environment, setting up accountability, etc. There's not like this one specific definition for creating structure. It requires getting a bit creative and just putting something into place that can help you so that you need less discipline, right? Key for those of us with ADHD. And so you can also see kind of how structure and systems can be life-changing. They can really help you keep your promises to yourself without needing excessive amounts of willpower or discipline like we've been taught that we need. I'm a big fan of work different, not harder, and not even necessarily working smarter either, right? It's just different, right? And again, reminder, structures and systems will look different for each of you. It's just finding those small tweaks that make health habits more automatic and require less discipline for you or whatever new habits you're implementing. They will vary from person to person. And if one of these kind of struck your fancy and you're going to try it, shoot me a message on Instagram and let me know. I freaking love hearing from you guys so much. You can find my Instagram handle in the show notes. And remember, it takes time patience, and a lot of times experimenting to find the right structures that work for us. It won't be a hit the first time every time. And if you want help creating systems and structures for your health and wellness and nutrition habits, go ahead and also go to the show notes and get on the wait list for the habit edit. The link is right there in the show notes. And this is one of the biggest things we do in the membership. We create systems to to actually help us stay more consistent in our health habits. And it's really, to be honest with you guys, it's not just a bunch of like me telling you this worked for me, so you try this. It's doing the mindset work and it's it's really evaluating your personal situation to figure out what systems work best for you. So that's why this program is so different from other programs because it teaches you the skills to be able to analyze your situation and figure out what'll work best for you versus just getting some cookie cutter solution that worked for someone else. So if you liked this episode, you will love the habit edit, because this is just like one piece of it, right? And the habit edit is like everything just so much more personalized and and helping you learn the skills of being able to think outside of the box so that you can create systems that work for you like I have in all of those examples. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, then join me next time for part two of this series, Concepts for Vibrant Health. Next time, we're gonna be talking about self-compassion and I cannot wait. It is such an important topic. All right, my friends, I will see you next time. Bye.